Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Book Changed My Life. I am Natalie Ford. Hope you guys are doing well. On today's episode, we have Danny Ozenich. Danny teaches at Angel Elementary, and this is her 22nd year in Berkeley schools. Danny teaches fifth grade, but what we really get into in this interview is history. This woman lives a love for history. You know, a while ago when I interviewed John Thelman, he made this comment about how his music professors at U of M said, you need to love this job, like teaching your discipline. You need to love this job so much that if you won the lottery or if you instantly inherited a million dollars, you would still do this job. I never, I never actually asked Danny, like, hey, if you won the lottery, would you still do this job? Because after this interview, I already know the answer to the question. I emailed her afterward to say thank you, of course, and I told her, and I'm gonna tell you this also, listener, my biggest takeaway from this interview was I wish my own children could have her for a fifth grade teacher. Her energy and enthusiasm for history is off the charts. And you guys know me. I'm a real energy enthusiasm person. So when I meet somebody and I'm like, whoa, you're, you're, you are so enthusiastic about this. That really means a lot to me. She will show you her love for history throughout this interview. I don't want to tell you all the ways or all the things that she does because she does a great job of like telling us um, all about how she learns and how she makes things come alive for her students. But I will tell you this, she has a favorite founder, as in a favorite founding father. Do you have a favorite founder? I don't even know people had favorite founders. Um, but she has one and she's gonna tell you all about it, which I thought was so cool. So this interview is awesome. If you wanna hear about a teacher who makes her subject come to life, stay with us. Well, thanks so much for coming on. So you you know the routine because you've heard the show, but yes. I'm going to ask you about your journey to wherever you are. Um, then I'm going to ask you about what you were, what kind of reader you were like as a kid. And then I'm going to ask you about the book that changed your life. So um, tell us, like, tell us where you are and how you got there. And then I also know that there's some like big, huge award that you've received oh, yeah. recently. And you have to tell oh, yeah. us all the, all the glorious details about that yeah. also. Okay. All right. Well, um, so I guess it should start off. I am actually a BHS graduate. Um, I, you are? I, that yeah. is so cool. Yep. Okay. I um, grew up in Berkeley. I went to Our Lady of La Salette and then went to BHS and um, went to Wayne State actually for uh, theater and vocal performance. I had a scholarship for that. And um, I had developed ulcers in my vocal cords. And so I had a buddy who I went to, who I drove, you know, from the Berkeley area to Wayne State with every week. And he was going to teaching. He said, well, why don't you, I was on scholarship, so I had to take so many credits. He said, why don't you take some teaching classes? Because if you're going into vocal performance, I mean, you might be teaching music or something. I'm like, that's a great idea. And so I took one class and I loved it that I actually, I kept my music stuff because I thought, oh, maybe I'll be a music teacher. But then, you know, at that time, no jobs were around. So I went through with science and social studies in elementary. And um, because I loved it, I loved that first class just made me think, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. I want to teach. And so the funny thing is, 
is that Buddy is now my principal. And so no way. Vince Giuliotti. He was your buddy at Wayne State University? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, wait, let's pause for a sec. I don't really know him very well, but like people seem to love him very much. Is that true? He, yes. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. He's Can you tell us what, like, what's, what, what's so magnetic about Vince or like, I, he's been, he's been in Berkeley ever since I've been there and um, tell us what it is about him as a boss or whatever that you, or even as a friend. Yeah. Well, you know, and he, he's very, he has a dynamic personality and he can um, get anybody to talk. He, and he just makes people feel comfortable, you know, but it is, yeah. So that's kind of funny because he's, um, so he was, uh, I actually met my husband through him and when, yes, oh my gosh. And when um, my sister got married, my daughter, Andrea, who you taught, he, yeah. everybody was at the wedding and he was my daughter's first babysitter. So, and now he evaluates me. <laughs> I was a little nervous. That, I mean, what, I mean, I know it's a cliche, but what, honestly, what a small world. It is. Yeah, it is such a small world. It's such a small world. There are a lot of people that I went to high school with that are in the Berkeley system that teach here. And I, to me, and I hear this a lot from people, and I just think it's a credit to the community that you want to go back to the community that raised you. Like, I, I think right. that's so Right. Yeah, exactly. So when, when I graduated, we graduated, um, like we graduated in December together. And then I was hired right away to teach in a Catholic school. So I taught in a Catholic school for a couple of years. And then I taught, um, in Dearborn Heights for a year. And by that time, my daughter was ready for, um, kindergarten. So I was we, at Angel. And so we were, went to kindergarten roundup and the kindergarten teacher was like out to here. She was pregnant is, you know, like ready to deliver. And the principal said that they're going to be hiring a new kindergarten teacher. And at that time I taught first grade. And so my husband said, why didn't you apply? And I'm like, I already have a job. And then the next day I'm driving to work and I'm like, oh, this is a long drive. It was taking me like, I had to drop off my daughter at like seven o'clock in the morning. And it was, you know, it just wasn't the best situation. So I applied, actually got that job. They had to move Andrea out of my kindergarten class and put her in the other kindergarten class because she was placed with the new teacher. And um, I taught halftime kindergarten at Angel, halftime at Avery, and then looped to first grade and have been at Angel ever since. So, so you've, been at Angel, you've been at Angel yeah. the whole time. Yes. And so I taught kindergarten, I mean, first kindergarten for a year and then first grade for a bunch of years. And then the last like 16, I've been in fifth grade. No, 15. I don't know. I have to think. My son's 15. So, so like this is, I'll be starting my 16th year. In, um, 16th year at, in fifth grade or 16th year total? 16th year in fifth grade. I think it's my 22nd year with the district. And yeah. And then I, I taught, a, I taught, a few years before then other places. So that's where I am. So I don't know a lot about elementary school. I've never taught there, but you went from like kindergarten first all the way to fifth grade. What oh, was that yeah. about? And like, oh my gosh. Yeah. well, you know, so, so I, um, so one of the weird, I'm kind of a dork. I, one of the weird things I belong to a group that reenacts the French and Indian war. Like I love history. I'm a big history buff. And um, in fifth grade, that's when they teach all the colonial stuff. 
And so there was a, when I was teaching first grade, um, one of the fifth grade teachers was going on maternity leave and then she wasn't coming. She decided that she, um, she wasn't going to come back. So they needed to re replace that. And Beth Cravel was our principal then. And I'm like, Beth, move me up to fifth grade. And she's like, I like you in first grade. And I'm like, I promise you'll like me in fifth grade. And so I was able to get up there, which is great because that is like the, what I teach is dream curriculum, like dream curriculum for me as a fifth, as a teacher. That's, I love everything I teach. Yeah. So okay, we have to, we got to pause on this detail that you just said. You belong to a group that reenacts the, the French, French Indian War. Yeah. The French mm -hmm. Indian War. That's yeah. like next level, Danny. I know it's so dark, but it's so much fun. So, so like, so, okay. So my uncle is super smart and he belonged to the group and my cousins are a lot younger than I am. Like, I don't know when you started, you might've even taught them. They're a lot younger than I am. And, um, they, so we are my, my family, my sister, my brother and I came along to like be babysitters for them. So mm -hmm. from the time I was 12 until now, we belong to this group where we literally dress up, <laughs> we dress up and teach people about what life was like for the French in the French Indian War. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you are like history through and through. If you, you're doing it, you're yeah. thinking about it, you're loving it, even if you yeah. are in the future. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure your students get a big piece of that, but I also think it's hilarious. I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't know what else, I don't know what other word to use that you reenact these things. Like I thought. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. like if you go to Greenfield Village and you see right. people dressed up, yeah, that's yeah. the kind of thing that my family does. And so it's fun. It's, so this is a, a funny thing. So Andrea's first one, she was six, six weeks old the first time she went to one. And so all of my kids have, you know, have colonial clothing, um, my husband like married into that, believe it or not, married into that craziness. And so now he also does World War II. So like he does World War II and um, French Indian War. So sometimes if there's an event where it's like a timeline event, he would like go into the tent, change, and then go back into the tent, change. And yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It, this, this is fascinating. Uh -oh. So yeah. Um, I don't want to digress too much, but where do you guys perform or who do you do like Greenfield village or do you go to other schools? Where do you guys, where um, do they do these things? Well, so it is these, there, there are a few that we do in Michigan. We're based out of Port Huron. My group, we're called the Belletra mm -hmm. Marines and we're based out of Port Huron. Um, so there's an event in Port here. Everything's canceled this year. Um, right, right, an right. event in Port Huron. Usually there, there, we really like this one in um, near Niagara Falls at Fort Niagara. That's a good one. Um, it's just like, just there's one at Kensington usually um, at like at the end of this month, there's usually one in Kensington. There was one in um, Crossroads, I'm trying to think, it used to be Crossroads Village, we used to do one. But they're like little places all over Michigan and we, you know, the, the bigger, sometimes it's just our small group teaching, but sometimes there might be um, British as well and then there are little battles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds, it is exactly like it sounds. Well, I, th I mean, obviously I think it's awesome. Like any teacher should be, you know, the nerdiest version of what they're asking their students to be. Oh, right. Yeah, so completely. you have accomplished that for sure. And I'm not trying to make fun no, of you. I'm giving no, you a compliment here. You know what? No, it's true because it, like when I'm teaching something and I actually have and 
have, you know, showing them, I have buckets in my classroom, having the things that I can actually show them what something looks like in person and they can touch it. It makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. It, it, even for me as an adult, when you, of course, when, when you have that experience of like walking through a museum and you see the thing, Right. That was there and it's now it's here. I mean, it like it links it all together. Okay. So tell us about your big fat giant award and um, what's that all about? Tell us about it. Okay. So um, the, the award is um, uh, through National History Day. So, so I have a club that I run after school or I did, you know, with this year, who knows what's going right, right, right. yeah. But um, it is, so imagine science fair, like think about a science fair, but it's history. So the kids okay. are given um, a, uh, a theme, like let's say the, th the theme this coming year is communication and history, and they can pick right. whatever topic that they want to that will somehow relate to the theme. And Got then it. they create a project on it. And it could be like a paper or a website or a documentary. Um, they could do a play or they can make like an exhibit board. Um, it goes, they get judged on it. And then um, hope, you know, at a district level and then, hopefully go on to states. And then if they're really, really fortunate, they can go on to the national, um, national. Well, I've been doing it for a few years and one of my former students nominated me. They have a teacher of the year award. So she nominated me um, for, for the award. And so I first represented Michigan and I'll tell you, it blew me away. I was not expecting it. If I had been expecting it, I don't know if you've seen like every time you see the district webpage come up, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, yeah. I had, if I had known I was going to wear it, win that, I would have dressed more appropriately. Like that was the Michigan History Day shirt that everybody else, like all the kids were wearing and the parents were wearing. And so I was wearing that to support the kids who were. And right. I had no idea that I that I was that I had won it. Like, and in fact, I was in the bathroom and they called my name. And um, my husband came out. I was like, hey, I thought and like they said Ozanich. They didn't say it was an I'm like, I think that's me. And so like, you know, I stepped out my husband's like they just you won the award okay not one so vince knew my husband knew my entire family knew and they let me dress like that that's all i can say i, I yeah. love it i yeah, love it, it. but you're you're just one of the kids like what you know what i'm saying i feel like it was probably so appropriate at the same time you know you're there supporting your people yeah it was it was a lot of fun and the it was interesting because the girl who nominated me she she no longer belongs goes to berkeley school she goes to plymouth canton schools now her mom she and her mom um were actually on a vacation it's it, they were visiting mount vernon and when they saw the award ceremony was going to be that they said oh do you know what we'll just swing by because the award ceremony was um at the university of maryland so it was really close by. So they just, they, so she was actually there when I got the award and she didn't know, she didn't know that I was winning it. Oh my God. She must've felt amazing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Also, okay, so yeah. Were you, you were at the university of Maryland for like a national competition. Is that what you would call it? Not for you, but for the students. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah. They see. So I thought that all the teachers went because uh, like on the Facebook, the Facebook pages and on the website, it showed a bunch of teachers there. So I just thought that all teachers went. Right. And um, right. it, was a, it was kind of a hard decision to go because my youngest was leaving um, middle school. So Anderson was having their little ceremony for, to move oh, on. Yeah. And we were, I was like, oh, I'd love to go out there, but you know, I'm not going to go out there. Well, then all of a sudden everybody started, I should have known because everybody started saying, hey, yeah. I think you should go. 
you know, Vince said, I think you should go. And my husband's like, you know what? I think we should go. And my son was like, you know what, mom? I think we should go. So it was, yeah. And I had no clue, no clue, not at all. That's, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, like we're, you know, to have a Berkeley person, that's so cool, like to be recognized on such a large scale. But also, aren't you also like, how does it make you feel? Like you must be so proud of all the stuff that you do for your kids and how much they get to see history outside of class. Yeah. You know what? I think I, I mean, obviously I was proud. I was so excited, but I, I was like bawling like a baby because my, our staff at Angel is amazing. So my phone had died. So I was, you know, my phone had died during the during the entire ceremony. The ceremony was like three hours long with, because right. they're honoring all these kids. So we finally get out to the car. I plug my phone in. I had 55 text messages from just angel staff. And then, and then um, the district flew me back for the last day of school. I go into the building and it looked like um, a red, white, and blue um, Americana explosion in the hallway, in the classroom. I mean, it took me three days to take everything down because they, they, it was amazing. All I can say is the staff's amazing. Yeah. So that part, that part was really cool. Like you feeling the love from them. Oh yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just think the whole thing is really cool. I want to switch gears a little bit and ask sure. you, Knowing that you're this much of a history nerd, I hope you know that I'm using that term effectively. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's a pride. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Okay. Were you always like this, even as a kid? What did you read or what were you into as a child? Do I get into my the book that changed my life? Well, hold on. Hold off on that first. Okay. But I just want to know, like, what kind of kid were you? Um. So I was super shy, but... Our, like our house, I was very, we are, my, my sister, my brother and I were extremely spoiled growing up. We had, you, I mean, it wasn't like toy spoiled. It was, right. we had so many books and music, like music and books we were spoiled with. Like, um, so you, you think about the scholastic, like book orders and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, even before that, we used to have the scholastic books that were sent to our house. So we belonged to like these monthly book clubs where they sent books to the house. So we were always surrounded by books. And um, my mom had, when she found out she was expecting my sister, she bought like an entire thing of encyclopedias, you know. So we had the, like the entire encyclopedia set. We had great books. We But like we were surrounded by books, library, everything. So. Um, growing up, we were surrounded by books. And then, um, you know, through middle school. Um, so so I went to a Catholic school. So we had like a basil reader. We had books that we read, but we mostly learned through a basil. And um, through middle school, I honestly don't remember reading in middle school in school. I just remember diagramming sentences. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, but I loved um, Charles Dickens. When oh, I was wow. Well, because I like musicals. I was a musical kid and Oliver was a musical and it was based on the book. So I wanted to read the book. And um, yeah, that was, one of, that was one of the books I like to read. And then um, going to Berkeley High School, uh, I didn't really read. Like I remember The Great Gatsby, but I read it after I took the test and wrote the paper, you know, like 
I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. I was taking the test. I'm like, well, oh, this book kind of sounds cool. And then I then I read it like over the weekend and realized how horrible I did on the paper and the test and then turn then turn my book back in. Yeah, but Okay, wait, pause for a second. There's a lot of things I want to ask you about. So first, can we just pause about your mom finds out she's pregnant with her her third, I think you said? And no, the first one. The first, oh, the first one, yeah. one. Oh my gosh. Okay, she's pregnant with her first kid and she buys an encyclopedia. No, it's like the whole set. She like, buys a whole entire whole, like, yeah, it my came, like it came in a bookshelf and like the A book was this big. But like, like yeah. I love that your mom is the type of woman who this is what she buys upon knowing she's starting a family, an encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. We, you name it, you, and you know, it's it, we just got rid of the encyclopedias about two years ago. Um, they were, yeah, they were moving. Yeah, they were, they were out of date. <laughs> They're like, right? No, I know, but still, the fact that you held on to them for that long. Yeah, yeah. Well, she and she oh, yeah. has these great books now. We just we she still has these great books like the um of all the great authors like Shakespeare and um you know it has every, all these great books that and they're beautiful. They're hardbound leather books. They're gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. But I had so That's many awesome. books growing up that when I had my own classroom. I pretty mm -hmm. much supplied my library from my childhood books, you know, in my classroom. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were very spoiled. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, I mean, you know, you couldn't, you, clearly she turned all of you guys into kids who like couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Well, you know, until high school. Until high school. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. My sister is actually an English teacher as well. She's, she's it's so I was like, I, I am so into your story, but I just think it's so funny. Like when you get to the grade that I teach, you're like, and then I, I just really, I didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, so, so like coming from, coming from a, a school where you grew up with the same, like 25 kids yeah. and then going oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. You know, to Berkeley high school. And so, and also my school that I went to, my mom was a secretary in the building. So oh, okay. and, and like the teachers were all friends with my parents yeah. and everything. So Going to Berkeley High School where I didn't know anybody, the sense of freedom of not, you know, like nobody was, I just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do it. I wrote paper. I never, I don't do it, kids. If you are this <laughs> read the book, you'll get a better grade. Read the book. Oh. Um, that's really funny. But so you went, you said you went to last a lot K through eight. Yep. Is that right? Mm hmm Okay, and then you get to Berkeley, you, you're freewheeling it at Berkeley. And then um, tell me what happens after college for you. Like, oh, did you go to Wayne State right after high yes. school? Yes. Okay, wait, I want to ask you this earlier. Do you still sing? You said you were a, a music major. Do yes. you still sing? Or what are your vocal Do you know what? I sing in my classroom every day. I mean, you know, I sing with the kids. I teach the kids song, you know, songs, but they're like academic songs, like the Bill of Rights song and um, but the, I have not sung in a choir. I did not sing in a choir from Wayne State um, since when, Wayne State until last summer with the that community choir that the yeah. music teachers put on. That was yeah. the first time I had sung in a choir in like 30 years. How did that feel? It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was okay, fun. wait, one thing. You said the word basil reader, but then I don't think I know what that is now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. Um, it is like um, a reading book, you know, okay. where you have like the different stories in there and then it has like questions for you to answer about the story. Okay. Were those popular when you were in elementary oh, school? Oh, yeah. I okay. mean, it was like everything was, um, yes, yes. We didn't really, 
Um, I remember switching over to high school was actually in well, it was interesting because like the summer reading books, we had to read yeah. three summer reading books. I still remember my three summer reading books. I read um, the To Kill a Mockingbird, which Got I it. loved. Okay. I read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which I really mm-hmm. I like that one too. And then I wrote, I read Little Women. And oh, we, wow. yeah. And then, but we had to keep a journal on it, like a response journal. And we didn't do things like that. So go, that was, that was kind of a shock to me. Like I didn't know really how to do it. And so. Cause everything had been so structured is what you're saying. Right, exactly. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So tell us the book that changed your life. I'm so intrigued okay. now. Okay. So the book that I changed my life was in fourth grade. So I, in fourth grade, so I have an older sister and she um, was in sixth grade and brought home a book called the upstairs room by Johanna Rice. And, um, you know, since she's my sister and I had to do everything that she wanted to do, I wanted to do it too. I took the book and I read it and it literally changed my life. It made me read, even though I'd always read, it made me, this book made me a reader. Like I couldn't get enough of it. So it's about this girl. Her name is Annie. Um, she is growing up, um, 19, late 1930s in the Netherlands and she's Jewish. And so it talks about first the start of this discrimination against Jews. And then be, then when she's 10 years old, she has to go into hiding. So she and one of her sisters are um, hiding in a, at a farm and they're in this upstairs room. And um, I think it was because she was 10 and I was 10. I love that book. And so I just love that book. Um, it was, it's, it's a beautiful book. In fact, I thought I was talk, talking with my sister about it because I had read it so many times. I said, you know what? I think I want to read this book again. So I bought the ebook on my phone. I have copies in my classroom. No, no kid has ever read it in my classroom. And I'm so, oh. so thankful that they, that they have not because I read it last night. I forgot how much they like the, the, um, the man who owns the farm, I forgot how much he swears. And so, so they, like it's nonstop, but it, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And one of the cool things about the ebook, because it's, you know, not 30 years old, they had, she had pictures of the farm where she was because she had gone back to visit. Wow. And so that was kind of neat to see that again last night. So yeah, I love that book. That was a good book. Previous, previous to the upstairs room, were you a kid who read like historical fiction or fic or or books about his, you know specific periods of history. No, no, I read like the Beverly Cleary and the Judy Boone books. Okay. Yeah, but this this book, you know, it got me started. Where it actually, um, it's based on a true story. It's her story, the author's story, and so that's when I started learning to, you know, I started getting interested in the in the Holocaust, and I wanted to learn more about it. So it kind of made me flip from learning how to read to that reading to learn um, bit. And um, yeah, that was, that was, that was a book that changed my life. Don't you think it's interesting that the age you teach is, don't you teach about this same age now as a fifth grade Um, teacher? Mm -hmm. Yes. So do you get to see that light go on for your students also, if it hasn't gone on yet? Uh, You know what? Yes. In fact, um, there is a girl, I, this is one of my favorite stories. Um, she's going to be a sophomore this year, a super strong reader. Um, she read Little Women in fifth grade. 
and we are taking the MEEP test. So back when we were doing MEEP or mm -hmm. MSTEP, I think, I don't remember if it was called MEEP or MSTEP then, but um, we had to bring books with us down to the computer lab and everyone's taking the test. And then, you know, they, they could read when they were finished. Well, I look over and she's bawling and I'm thinking, oh my God, what happened? So I go over and like, are you okay? And she goes, Beth dies. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Yeah, I, I should have warned her, you know, but, but yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was, uh, it, it was interesting to see that, that type of feeling, but just to see how much somebody just loved a book and was just so emotionally involved in a book. And that is, you know, that's what you, I mean, you don't want to see someone crying because of a character, but you want to, you want them to, to feel it, feel it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. How funny that you, well, I just think it's so lovely that you, um, you know, could feel her pain and you said, I'm so sorry for you, as opposed to saying like, oh, what a relief you're crying over about a book, no big deal. Yeah. But you're like, oh my God, I understand. I know. Isn't that horrible? And that wasn't going on so that we could talk about it, be, talk about the book, but um, yeah, yes. But no, but then the M step was going on. It was the middle of M step. Mm -hmm. How wonderful. Okay. Do you, ha do you have any other memory of, of um, any other either like historical fiction or works of history that you read in your youth that really stuck with you? Um, well, you know, obviously Diary, Diary of Anne Frank, that was one of the yeah. ones after that. And that one, when I read the Diary of Anne Frank, I did not know, you know, what happened at with her at the end. And um, I, I was actually in fourth grade, Mrs. Andrews class when, when I read that. And I faked a stomach ache to go home because it was because I was so upset by it. I'm thinking, how could you recommend this book to me and not let me know that it has a sad ending? But but yeah, that was uh, that was it. But in other other times, like I, I'm not really historical fiction. I'm not really sure. It was mostly nonfiction. Like that's what, yeah, really that's what I keep meaning to say. I keep saying historical fiction, but I really mean nonfiction. Do you, do you have other works of nonfiction? It's funny to me as a literature teacher, I often say this, like nonfiction is like another planet for me almost. Um, but do you have other works of nonfiction that you remember from as a kid? Okay. Not as a kid, but is, but one of my favorite, not one of my favorite, favorite books is by Joseph Ellis. Um, it's called the passionate sage and it's about John Adams. Who's my favorite founder. And um, I love it. And one of the reasons why I love it is that I learned John Adams, you know, he loved books and he would write in the margins of his books so much that sometimes there was more text in the book from his hand than was actually printed. So that's my, that's one of my favorite, favorite books of nonfiction, but just growing up, I just don't, I don't remember specific titles and I'm not, I, I don't remember specific titles, but I remember that like going to the Berkeley library, riding my bike up at the Berkeley library and they're not being um, what I wanted in the kids section. So I'd have to go like into the adult section yeah. and not understand what I was reading, but but wait, let's go back to John Adams. He's your favorite founder. This is the second president that we're talking about. Yes. But yep. um, I don't know anything about this except through the play and musical Hamilton. So he, oh, yeah. he, he was like a dud according to Hamilton. Well, do you know what? That's because Hamilton and, and Adams did not like each other. So if you read any like John Adams books, yeah. then you would, you would think that Hamilton was like this, um, like a Napoleon type of yes. control. Okay. So like they just didn't like each other. Yeah. But then wasn't there an HBO, wasn't there an HBO special on John yes, Adams? There was. Did yeah. you watch it? Oh my gosh. Yes. I own it. 
<laughs> was it good? Did you think it did justice? Oh, yes, it was. So let me, so this is really cool. I, um, uh, in 2010, I had the opportunity to go to, John, to learn all about John Adams and Abigail Adams at, in um, Massachusetts under Joseph Ellis, who is my favorite author in the entire world. Like he led it talking about John Adams. And no what we did that night, oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was like, I, and yeah, it was like, I was like this the entire time. Um, and we, so at night we would watch John Adams and we would sit there with Joseph Ellis telling us what was historically accurate or what, what they moved around for like, um, you know, showmanship or whatever. It was amazing. Yes. That is incredible. Yeah. Okay, I've also heard, and again, like I, your fifth grade is probably no more than I do about us history in certain aspects, but it wasn't Abigail Adams, like the real, um, like she was the one that like made an equally large impact on history. Didn't she do something really special or have a big um, impact on you? You know, you know what? She, yeah, she, she, you're probably thinking the remember the ladies because she was, she was influential to him. Like she, he, one of the okay. reasons why I love him is because he um, really thought of her in terms of, as a partner. And yeah. um, like, like one of uh, something that I think is really interesting about her is when she passed away at that time, it was, um, women did not have wills. It was like there were there weren't rights. They didn't have rights, so there weren't they didn't have wills, and yet she had one. You know, she had a will where she gave things of hers of theirs to she gave them away where that was not done. And so I I find that interesting. Yeah, she was a powerhouse. She was she started off kind of on the quieter side, but her personality grew as she got older. It was great. So you're really saying like John Adams on a personal level stood out to you as a, as a founder, maybe more so than the other founders whose policies were, you know, revolutionary, yeah. but their personal stuff was not so admirable. Um, yeah, he was, you know, I, it, not so much as president, not so much as president, but that's all I know about him. Yeah. Um, so he, in the, in the events leading up to the revolutionary war, he um, did great things. Like he, there. One of the things that he did that I find really admirable is he um, defended the British soldiers uh, right after the Boston massacre. He defended them in court, um, and because he wanted to show to Great Britain that we that they can have a fair trial. That even though we disagree, you know, during that time all the disagreements were going on about. Um, how Americans were being treated by the British. And he wanted to say that even though those disagreements are going on, we can still give them a fair trial. And I, I think that's admirable. What did you think of the musical and the hype around Hamilton? Did you see uh, it or are you a big fan of it or what? Oh, I love Hamilton, the musical. I don't like Hamilton, the man, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I like Hamilton, the musical. Yes, I know every word. I know every word too. And again, like that's where, I mean, everything I'm, we're talking about in this conversation literally yeah. comes from the musical yeah. and my son too. Like he has, he doesn't have an interest in any of this, but we're both obsessed with it. So, um, oh, yeah, it's so much. So, so when Hamilton, so, uh, a few years ago, I had a chance to go to Monticello for, um, for, I, I, I was, a, I had a fellowship there. So for like their teacher Institute, I was there for a week and they had something called the Hamilton tour where it was, as you go through the house, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. As you go through the house, you are, um, we like would go through the, the um, cabinet battle rats to, because um, the oh it was God. all about like Jefferson's po um, politics. And so like, yeah, right. I got to be Alexander Hamilton in the rap, but that's, I won't do that for you because I am not very good at rapping. 
but it is fun. <laughs> you have a lot of really cool, I'm not, I'm not even going to call them professional developments because they're like way more than that, but it, you've had all these really cool opportunities to learn about history. Yeah, it's fun. I, yes, it's so much fun. Thank yes. I was supposed you, to do one this summer, but it was canceled because of COVID. Do you seek these out or do you have like a community of history teachers that you do stuff with? Um, okay, so kind of, yes. Um, so back in 2013, I, um, I, so there was a, there was a teacher who used to teach in Berkeley schools. His name is Dale Van Ack. He retired and then went down to Colonial Williamsburg to do something with educational outreach down there. Mm -hmm. And he and Mary Beth, um, uh, Mary Beth Crable were very good friends. Well, when I taught fifth grade and he was in town, she introduced she introduced us and we had, um, he was like my go-to person with questions whenever I had a question about something. Mm -hmm. Well, in 2013, he invited me to come down to their uh, their teacher institute at Colonial Williamsburg. And so while I was there, I sat down and um, a woman walked in who sat down in front of me and she saw that I was from Berkeley, Michigan. And she said, my teaching partner is from Berkeley, Michigan. Well, it turns out her teaching partner's son actually went to Berkeley High School. I knew who he was because he was at camp. And so since then, since so since then, 2013, um, my friend who used to teach in Gross Point, we would try to apply for the same summer seminars so that we could go together. It was like our, well, you know, because you need somebody like who's who thinks like right. you, to, right. you know, yeah. She yeah, yeah. She introduced me to Hamilton. Like it was, we we were when we went to Fort Ticonderoga for one. It was like ten hours of Hamilton there and ten hours of Hamilton back. I knew all the words by the by that weekend. It was great. Also, um, I have to like note this as a mom. My kids are my kids are little. I have a one year old tomorrow, a uh, four year old, and twelve year old. Like you, it, it feels like you did because you're a mom too. Like we haven't even yeah. talked about that. But do, did you do this after your kids got a little bit older? Um, yes and no. So let me tell you, I'm married to the most amazing person in the entire world, and he is so supportive of everything that I do that um, my my youngest was five when I went on my first one. So, yeah. okay. so um, they're usually like one week in the summer yeah. and um, my husband usually would just take the week off or my parents would watch them for the, yeah. you know, during the day for the week while I, while I went to mine. But, and I also had Andrea who is, you know, I have a big, um, so Andrea is 10 years older than my middle one. And then okay. the youngest one is um, she's 12 years older than my youngest. So we had a gap, like a big, a gap in between there. So she, so we also had her, so it was a little bit easier for me. Yeah. Shout out to Andrea. Um, who's like an amazing kid, right? I haven't yeah. seen her, but she was awesome when I had her in. Oh, thanks. Yeah. She said, tell her my, tell her her book changed my life. <laughs> She's too cute. Too cute. Um, well, I mean, this has been amazing to talk to you. You, you honestly like love history in a way that I, I don't know if I should say I wasn't expecting it, but you really like live it. Like you live a love for history. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My last question for you is we're going through this really weird thing that people keep calling unprecedented, mm -hmm. right? As, mm -hmm. as a history teacher, do you like see this event of the pandemic in a larger scale of historical events or do you do you process the current events with your history brain also 
Um, okay, so when it first started, I was like, we need to document everything. We need to take pictures. We need to save this. We need to, um, you know, get our social story, our, um, our historical story, get our oral story down. And then I started teaching during the pandemic and it was just trying to try to stay above water. So like most of the, um, so most of March through the end, of, through June, I, the pandemic was, I didn't even think about it in terms of history because I was trying to teach at the same time yeah <laughs> and you know it was it, that was hard um but now it's interesting to see like just when i reread the the um the upstairs room and, and one of the things that the little girl has to do is her sister makes her walk back and forth across her across the room that they're in because she's worried about her legs not being strong enough and yeah. I just remember telling, you know, my own kids, you need to get out and do something, get some exercise, go do something because, you know, we we're st stuck in a house, you know, and, and it snowed. It was like snowing all the time. So I just remember, yeah, that. So I don't know if I answered your question or not. <laughs> well, I just wonder, like, with you, um, like, I've been reading, or I should say at the beginning, I reread so much about, like, the 1918 Spanish flu and, like, you know, oh. you back and I didn't yeah. know if that was something that you had really delved into before or if it had, if your interest had peaked on it, but it sounds like you're just living it like we are, which is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I mean, my goal when my goal when everything started was that, you know, I went to the library and checked out 10 books thinking, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I'm not gonna have enough to read. I didn't get, I got through one book. I just, I couldn't read or do anything because it was just, just trying to get my, just trying to get everything done for school was, was in making sure that my own kids were, getting done what they needed to get done. Um, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes that didn't happen. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think it's so, it's, it's almost comforting to hear you say that. Like you as a person who your brain is so thirsty and so curious, but living mm -hmm. through this has been so stressful, even though like, you know, we're, I mean, it's stressful in this really bizarre way um, that it's like, and uh, I know that it has paralyzed me in many ways trying to, just get things done or, you know, and obviously we're, you know, I'm up very late working on stuff and thinking about stuff and preparing and how do you prepare? And I'm kind of in the same position, but yeah, it's just weird to be living through something. Right. Exactly. And to see, you know, everything that's, I mean, everything going on this entire 2020 has been, oh um, yeah, you know, just big, just big. I, in fact, I don't know how you did it with a one-year-old and a four-year-old. I don't, I, don't yeah, I, don't, I don't know either. It's really sometimes I, the other day I saw somebody and like, I was on a walk. I saw my friend who lives in my neighborhood. He's like, how are you? And I'm like, well, right now we're just on a really nice, beautiful walk. And I've learned <laughs> that like when it's good and it feels good, like that's all you can do. Yeah. I can't, I cannot imagine what that was like. I, I can't imagine. So kudos to you. Good for you. Thank you. I just think that, you know, I mean, everybody's in the same boat, no matter, you know, everyone has their own set of challenges, no matter if you have kids or how old your kids are. I should say everyone has different challenges, but everyone has a huge challenge. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think about like how will how we will even process this, how we will understand this in five years, in 10 years, mm -hmm. how our own children will remember this. Right. Well, you know, our own. Young it, you know, it's. um they say that it takes like, so when I think back to like what, what history day, when the kids are going and they're doing a history day project, when we say, we encourage them to choose a topic that is at least 25 years old, because then you can see the historical significance of the event. And so, 
in 25 years, we can look back and see the historical significance of this event. Well, I feel like that is a nice note to end on for me because you give it some perspective. Like, you know, we want things to change now and we mm -hmm. want it. And then like 25 years, I mean, that's a life that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's a long time. But at the same time, you're right. Like we, everyone has to, I don't know. Time is yeah. weird. I keep saying um, that, but time is weird. Yes. It is so strange. It is so strange. But it's also fascinating. Like that's kind of the th the cool thing. Like back to the beginning of our conversation with your artifacts that you pull out mm -hmm. for your kids. You know that's what really brings it to life. So I don't know, but time is weird for sure. Um, but it's been awesome to talk to you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. This was so much fun. Yeah, I know. I mean, I hope. I don't know when any of us will ever see each other but i do hope that when we do start to function normally i get to bump into you a little bit more because it was great to meet you and hear all about your world as a fifth grade teacher oh well thank you and i'll tell you i love the podcast because i'm learning so much about other teachers in the district that i didn't or the staff members in the district that i didn't know and um it, it's so much fun to hear what they read and to get good book ideas yeah i've thought the same thing i have read a lot of recommendations even like from my elementary school people i've read um that i i checked out the children's book that rachel smith told me to check out and i read Ann daniels's book and so that's been really cool too it's just a reminder that like it's not all about what you know people over the age of 15 read so that's been cool too but i appreciate that and i think that you know it's been a lot of fun for me and i love that people are listening so i'm going to keep doing it yeah okay great okay well, thanks Dan. great to meet you hopefully we'll see each other in person someday all right bye all right bye